You're listening to Between Two Ravens, a Norse mythology podcast with Sean and David. Hey, Sean. How's it going? David, I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? It's, it's been good. a while, right? It's been a while. It's been a long time since we recorded. We had our uh, solo episodes, so hopefully for the fans, it hasn't been way too long. But uh, it feels very long since we've recorded, but we're getting some in here before 4th of July. Hopefully everybody's enjoying their summer. Yeah. And unlike last year, we're not doing it every single week. And I feel like this has been the longest break since we're going to have an actual published episode in general. Yeah, especially since a full episode, for sure. That uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's good. You know, it's, it's actually a thing I talk about a lot as a therapist and I think about a lot lately is actually what is actually self-care, right? Like what is actually taking care of yourself? And previously, I you know usually felt like I was doing a pretty good job. Well, one, if I'm meal prepping, that's a good sign. Uh, if I'm you know, shopping for myself, cooking for myself. Two, if I'm doing things I enjoy, but then that part, somebody actually asked me like, David, what do you do to relax? And I'm like, what's relax? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I, do, I do things that are fun, but I never do anything to relax. So I'm trying to figure that out, but I'm open to suggestions. Um, I'm starting to actually take some time to not just, not just start a new podcast or start another blog or something, but like, no, just relax, David. Yeah. Yeah, you just... What are you doing to take care of yourself? Yeah. Sometimes you just need, oh, what are you, are you asking me or? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm still trying to teach myself German. Um, my wife was out of town last weekend, so I, I spent all I spent the entire weekend just wasting my time and my PJs and playing video games. So I think mentally that was good. Um, <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Maybe that's what I need to do. Yeah, just have like a have a Friday where you're like, I'm I didn't accomplish anything. Um, yes. I was a failure. But then you're going to wake up Saturday and be like, I still feel like a failure, but. I had a good time and it's mentally good for me. I don't know. Yeah. The part of just, just let go, just let yourself feel like a failure. I think that probably is that I need to go to Sean for advice sometimes. Cause my solution is usually I got a Friday with nothing to do. Let's read three books. Let's get some books done. It's like, no, just, just be a failure. Sometimes that's actually important yeah. life advice. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I think, uh, yeah, I don't know how we got here, but I think that's, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. It's a very good idea. Just don't use the word failure. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else important before we start the show? Let's see. Um, I'm writing. I wrote a little thing for Wild Garden. I'll talk about it later in the episode. And uh, did you talk about? Were you going to talk about uh, your your trip, your yeah. plans? Yeah, I think last time we connected, I, I discussed the fact that my wife and I are planning a, another trip to Europe this fall. And uh, this time, we're going to be doing Austria, um, Austria. Excuse me, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. For Germany, we're going to go to Oktoberfest for maybe a day or two. Austria, we're going to be doing Salzburg uh, for like three days. And then we were going to go to Lucerne, Switzerland. But the train ride from Austria to Lucerne would take about eight hours, like with all the stops yeah. and everything. Um, so we decided that we're going to stop in a midway point for one night in Feldkirk, Austria, which is in the western part of Austria. And um, it's going to be on our like our third year anniversary. Um, so we're going nice. to do something nice there, but Feldkirk is like what appears to be two miles away from the Liechtenstein border. So I'm going to go for a jog from Feldkirk over into Liechtenstein, just to say like for the sole purpose of saying I've been there and to add another country to my list. Yep. Um, and I'm going to do it. Like I'm going to videotape it just to be cheesy and everyone online is going to hate me for TikTok, right? For TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to get our TikTok account going. I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to trip over a rock just as I'm going over the, the um, actual border. Cause I'm videotaping and that's irresponsible of me, uh, like on my part. And then I'm going to fall and like scrape my leg or something. Um, and I'm going to test European healthcare. 
and also that if you uh, forget your passport, then you get arrested and held in Liechtenstein for a while. I think they're both part of the European Union, um, so That'd I don't think I need a password. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it would be funny if like I was trying to run. Into Liechtenstein a is the one country you're not allowed to go in. Sean jogged in there. Yeah, although I, I did I did note, and I'm not sure how this this works, but we're also like. Feldkirk is also like super close to the Swiss border. In fact, there's like this like river that runs relatively close to where we're going, where in the middle of the river, there's like a point where Liechtenstein, Austria and Switzerland meet. So Switzerland, I, to my knowledge, is not a part of the EU. So you probably would need your passport to get over there. So we'll that see. That must what be happens. the one I'm thinking of then. No, I'm just making things up. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to go to Switzerland, go see, uh, see Carl Jung's house where he's got some interesting stone carvings and stuff. I, I didn't even realize that Carl, Carl Jung was from Switzerland. I'm sure you mentioned yeah. it, so I apologize for not listening. But yes, no, he's that he's because yeah, they, they're they're very much associated with um. I mean, speaking you know the Swiss German, right? But then that uh that Freud was Austrian, Jung was uh, Swiss, but they were kind of known as yeah being uh, speaking German, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like nothing, nothing new. We're just planning that trip, uh, working, and uh, I don't know. I went to an Orioles game. Nice. Yeah, I've been trying. I, I thought about you know flying out to Maryland or things like that. I'm trying not to overly book myself towards that goal of trying to occasionally relax. But I, everybody's telling me about cool trips, and I'm like, I might need to plan a trip. But uh, well, I hope everybody has uh, has missed and now and now enjoyed our uh, our witty between two Ravens banter. But Sean, what, what are we talking about today? Uh, so similar to what we did with Thor and Odin on uh, their like I guess story arcs or their journeys after we finished the entire, like, or most of the series. And then we um, talked about the death of the gods at Ragnarok. We're going to be doing something similar with the god Loki. We're going to be discussing all of his stories in Norse mythology up to and including his part in Ragnarok. Um, As you know, Loki has had, did have quite a part to play in the lead up to Ragnarok or in its lead up. As we all know, Loki is considered the trickster God who often serves as the cause of the God's problems However, often is also the one who fixes said problems. However, we also see through his story arc that although he often plays playful pranks or takes actions that benefit himself, the gods are often very abusive towards him in retaliation. We eventually see Loki go off the deep end and commit crimes that are much more sinister. In this part, we're going to be discussing the former of those, so we're going to be more so discussing in this episode some of the stories where Loki plays pranks and maybe comes off in a funny Woody Woodpecker type of character or type of way um, and or a companion to the gods. So here we go. David, how did that sound? Yeah, and the part that uh, I really love your quote, right, that Loki is the cause of and solution to all of the gods' problems, right? That he's that um, that fun that fun friend who's fun and maybe drinks a little too much, right? And I think Loki is very much the uh, you know the, the god of whiskey as well. Maybe Fireball, especially, needs to get a, a sponsorship deal. With, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the and I know I mentioned Loki. I know I made that I made that comment like multiple. I think like when we did our series on uh, Loki, which surprisingly was almost a year ago now. I think we started like last July. I I brought up that like Homer Simpson quote like thirty yep. times, like as opposed to alcohol, Loki being the cause of and solution to all of life's problems, yep. but. I decided to like not go that route this time, but it, no, I, I, it's, it's my favorite. Cause it really, it's the thing. A lot of people don't know about the trickster. People think the trickster is causing problems yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. or the devil or something like that. Right. But that, but doesn't he actually create some of the greatest things that actually are accomplished for the gods. Right. And that is the, that that's that 
parallel that balance that I love, um, especially about Loki. And then that other part where we've done these series that we're really doing, you know, the, the, the archetypes that I always like to emphasize, right? The king, the warrior, the magician, and the lover. Norse mythology doesn't really have enough on the lover to spend a whole nother. We're not going back over Freyr. I'm just done with Freyr. But it was, we did it, we did the series on the King Odin, on the warrior Thor, and now we're on the magician or the, the shadow magician, the trickster, and the idea that he's connected to the lover. I'm going to make that connection, uh, especially today. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. Awesome. So we have four stories uh, that we're going to be discussing today in where Loki plays or comes off as the playful prankster. Um, so the, and the, again, all these stories we've previously discussed in the episode. So these are going to be very um, summarized versions of these stories. Um, so the first one is going to be where Loki cuts off Sif's hair. So while Sif is asleep, Loki cuts off her hair, um, leaving her embarrassed and humiliated. Thor, Sif's husband, was none too pleased, and the gods are pissed. Thor then threatens Loki. Loki eventually makes amends, and the results... The result is that he manipulates some dwarves to create not only a new head of golden hair for Sif, but also some of the other divine gifts for the gods, including Thor's hammer. Um, so to sum up that story, Loki plays a prank, he gets threatened, and the gods eventually benefit. So he's yeah. playing a trick. It must be mortifying for anybody to wake up with no hair in Sif's case. So, of course, Sif's husband does what he needs to do. Loki fixes it, but the gods benefit. That idea, you know, especially for, uh, for us in the modern era where, you know, women can shave their head. They can have, you know, very short haircuts, right? That in old times and many cultures, right? A woman having long hair is very important, right? So, so do we, you know, inherently on, in, you know, 2023 America kind of get how, how horrifying it is, right? I'm sure plenty of women do, right? But that, as a society, we don't find it quite as horrifying, maybe anymore as it once was. I think it's more so that it happens. It was unwanted for Sif. Yeah, but... I mean, definitely that it's unwanted. But even think like I'm, I'm thinking back to the uh, the GI Jane movie, right? I think like society freaked out a little bit back then. No, nobody cares anymore if a woman shaves their head, right? So much, maybe. But like in the '90s or something, right? It was like people can't stop talking about it, right? There's something shocking and archetypal about. But she's a woman. She must have hair, right? So, yeah. We're already kind of tied it into the episode um, that we wrapped up with Thor, where he put on a wedding dress. And you like talked a little bit about why yep. society would be so offended by that. And so yep. like so shocked, I should say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do see what you're saying there. Like if Sif has her haircut, this must be mortifying. Again, she was wrong. It's like Loki had no right, right. To, to do something to her body. Yeah. Even if he was trying to be playful, which with Loki, we never know. But Well, and then even the idea, right, that he, like, stole her femininity, right? The source of her feminine power or something. I mean, not, I don't know if that's entirely accurate, right? But there, you could see it that way, right? That's not so far yeah. Uh, off. Yeah. I would imagine when these stories were written, it, like, it, it was, like, it would have been looked at as, like, um, Sif, like, losing what power she may have had as, like, a beautiful woman. Yeah. Right, right. That her um, beauty is quite a bit of her power, right? Maybe, maybe something there, yeah. Yeah. That uh, so that that's connecting to a theme I want to keep going to, and, and that part that right, the, yeah, the Thor and the wedding dress is kind of a Loki story. It's not exactly you know Loki's is a bridesmaid during that, but also yeah. they, I think in that story they say that it was Tyr who kind of came up with the idea. But I'm like, this is a very Loki idea. I don't know if Tyr comes Hemdall, up. With yeah. Him, right. It was Hemdall, but, uh, Yeah. And then the other theme that I know you come back to is how 
really how abusive they are of Loki, right? How they really threaten him with the worst possible kind of punishments. And then also as we go on that, they really do punish him. But the idea that that is what motivates him to really get to work, right? That's what it's like, you know, it's his life on the line or something very severe. And then that part that he gets, you know, it's, it's also Odin's spear, right? Odin's spear, Thor's yeah. hammer, um, Freyr's boat and it, um, or are slightly less yeah. important, but yeah. Yeah. That, and that idea, right? What was the exchange here, right? The goddess, Thor's wife loses her power. Thor gains his power, right? There's something that's going on in that. And somehow Loki is what enables that, right? Um, Thor was never going to do that himself. <laughs> that wasn't happening. Right? Yeah, yeah no. Loki does it, right? So yeah, that's just sort of my, so some of the themes I want to keep, I think, coming back to here. Yeah, and I know like in previous episodes, like, well, you could look at these four stories as like starting something with the gods. Like Loki plays this part that eventually he turns into something more sinister, but the gods like play a huge part in that. Um, And I know you previously talked about how like Loki is an agent of fate. So you could see like these things that he's doing, he's doing because he needs to, or he's fated to. Um, I've always talked about how, like, I think, I do think he's like, he like acts as an agent of fate, but I also think he's the agent of chaos. And like, let's say the ace here just having a grand old time, nothing's bad. And then Loki says, well, I'm going to mix things up a little bit. I'm going to cut off Thor's wife's hair. See how that goes. I'm going to be amused by this. And And then do you need a little chaos to, for that to be like the, the material or the, the, the formless, the shapeless form or something that then new things grow out of. So that is interesting. As you said, chaos there, the, um, there's another podcast I'll mention. I'll refer to it this episode of a different podcast at the end here. But this idea of, you know, is fate kind of feminine, right? We have the norms. They're, they're women who are in, involved with fate, right? There's, there's not a lot on the goddesses. Is why we don't have many episodes on the goddesses because they don't really like give you a good, here's a story about a goddess, right? It's more yeah. Loki and Thor causing problems for the goddesses, right? But that, that fate is feminine, right? That by some views, chaos is kind of feminine, right? That And the goal of that is not being just the, the women are chaotic or something, right? Is that, that the chaos, you know, it's like yin and yang, right? There's, there's chaos yeah. and structure, right? And that, that you don't need too much of either one. Too much chaos is just chaos, but chaos with a little structure, then something starts to grow. And that's actually the whole idea of the walled garden is it's contained chaos. Your garden's a little chaotic, but it's inside of a wall. So that's how you know it's different than just the woods or the wilderness. Um, that Loki involves this, right? We don't we don't get a lot of like a goddess who come. We, we don't get many stories about Freya, right? Freya is very important, and she like almost never has a speaking part, right? In all these myths, except for um, yeah, when Loki's insulting her, right? <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah. Or when she's being offered up as a as a wife, when we right. which we're going to see her in yeah, a second. Some kind of abuse from Loki. Thor is somehow involved trying to help, right? But yeah, so that yeah, that we don't have episodes on the goddesses. But when we're talking about Loki, we're talking about something kind of feminine that he's a bit androgynous, kind of masculine, feminine. Uh, character here right he's a he's a trickster you don't know what he's what he's up to you don't know what he is right? so yeah definitely and uh another note because like i know you mentioned um like uh chaos in stat or um what are, the yin and yang the chaos in the uh order chaos in order maybe yeah 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 so like um, I, and i know i mentioned this in a previous episode and i've, I've made very clear i'm a fan of the elder scrolls video game series yeah in the mythology of that game um 
the the world was created because they have their own like mythology myth in game and the world was created because there was like these two primordial forces named Anu and Padme and one of them represents chaos and the other represents staticness yeah and so not unlike uh not unlike the myth with um uh, Muspelheim and Niflheim they kind of like get too they kind of like get too close and converge and that like creates like just like this whole thing with order and chaos but I thought that was really cool Oh yeah, that's yeah that they're they're pulling up some uh, archetypal things in their in their uh, game yeah. storyline as well. Yeah, I'll come back to this theme probably almost every single story here, but let's uh, <laughs> should we move to the next one, Loki and uh, Slepia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of consistent themes here. Um, yeah. so yeah, Loki and the walls of Asgard and the birth of Sleipnir. So to recap, Loki orchestrated a deal with a wall builder to build the walls of Asgard. Now the wall needed to be built; it's what the Aesir wanted. So. Loki on his ends was probably doing what he thought was expected of him, or maybe he was, but also maybe he had, he had some understanding of what was to come. And so he offered the wall builder Freya's hand in marriage. If the giants, cause he was a giant was able to finish the wall in time. And I believe he gave him one season. So the giants said with his horse, he like the giant, like asked that his horse be allowed to help him out. So with his horse, Svadolfari, he ended up being actually on pace to finish the wall in time, which was previously thought impossible. So the gods then are worried and they threaten Loki once again and demand that he fix the problem. So to fix the problem, while the wall builder was working on the wall, Loki disguised himself as a mare in heat to distract Svadolfari who was distracted and then ran after him in a chase. So the wall builder, because he lost his horse, was unable to finish the wall in time. So the good news is that Freya did not have to marry a giant against her will, um, but Loki ended up um, impregnated. So Loki probably should not have agreed to the giant's terms. However, once again, after being threatened by the gods, Loki paid by being impregnated by a horse and I know we've discussed this previously, in my mind's most likely raped. Um, but the Aesir get their wall, and Odin gets his eight-legged steed, Sleipnir, who Loki birthed with Svadalfari. Yeah. And this is a, I mean, honestly, I'll say it's a story that's very meaningful to me. It's kind of an odd thing to say, but I, I wrote a whole, I think I did an episode, as well as writing a whole article yeah, on did. this idea of connecting to the inner animal, right? That, that Loki is, you know, clearly getting quite connected with the inner animal, right? That, um, and then as it's, and then as I'm, there's a bunch of things I've been doing since we started the podcast and one is really trying to make sense of this, the Jungian idea of the anima, right? The inner feminine, or sometimes Jung says, or Jung, I probably should pronounce his name right, but I'm, I got, I got an accent, so. <laughs> but the, the Carl Jung says that the anima is also maybe your soul, right? So you have this inner that if you're not connected to your inner feminine, you're not connected to your soul. You're just connecting that being too rigid. And it's a wall builder here, right? We were talking about that order versus chaos, right? Structure. Yeah, he builds a wall, right? That's this one piece of the masculine, right? That I think I lost my, my tangent. Anyway, so h- how do you connect to the inner feminine, right? Is really a question here. And at first, Loki's trying to give her away, right? The, the feminine, Freya. The main goddess we actually care about. The rest of the goddesses are really, really bit parts. And Freya at least gets, you know, and there are some things as we've gone through where there's times where it's like, wait, is Odin married to Freya? Or maybe he's not, right? It's like, no, it's Frigg. But sometimes it sounds like he's married to Freya. And it's just, you know, it's 
as you look at all the old ideas of the, the actual religion, it's all a mess, right? It's the goddess and the different aspects of the goddess is how I uh, yeah. really take it. Any thoughts there, Sean? No, and I think, um, well, I, if you look at the stories literally, and actually maybe this is not literally, but I know yeah. I mentioned in Hemskringla, um, Odin becomes infatuated with this Vanir goddess, uh, Golveg, who I think yeah. most people are pretty sure is Freya. So like there is some yeah. like a fatuation there, but from what you're saying, it sounds like in these stories, the goddesses are just supposed to represent the same thing. And the like, we, and, like and that part where yeah, sometimes we're not sure, like, is that a kenning or is that actually a different god or goddess? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Right. Yeah. But like, you do see like in the first story that we discussed, and again, like, I'm not saying these stories are in the right order. If anything, the walls of Asgard may have been before the other ones. Um, Cause yeah. like, and like the birth of uh slight may have been for before the first one, but sure. we see when actually, no, but never mind. I'm, I'm, I'm talking way too much about this damn timeline because in the first story that I discussed with Sif's hair, the gods got their gifts. So it doesn't matter. But yeah. um, the first story did discuss, discuss Sif um, being this uh, vulnerable being. And now like the second one is Freya, who almost had to marry against her yeah. will. So so the, the way to make it, you know, the, the archetypal and the Jungian psychology, you don't give away your inner feminine, right? But then how are you, but you're trying to connect to it, right? And then, well, how does Loki connect to the feminine, right? He gets himself pregnant, right? So that idea, it's, it's, you don't, you don't give away, you don't give it away yet. You need to connect to it. Something like that. Right. Um, and there was something else in here that I thought was pretty significant. The one is it often goes back to you, right? You're like, this really seems not, oh no, before I get there, sorry. There, there's a part, if I remember the story where Odin was like trying to make it difficult on the giant, right? Being like, yeah, let's tell him he has to finish the wall by himself. And then it's like Loki's idea being like, eh, and he can include his horse. Let's make this at least interesting, right? Let's make this a gamble. And it's like, yeah. Loki, you're creating problems for yourself now. <laughs> and yet does Loki know exactly what he's doing, right? In all of this, like, why did he need to involve the horse? He could have, he, he sort of had a moment where he could have said, no, you don't get your horse. But he's like, eh, why not? Right. And sure. And then it leads to that, that. That was the necessary step for Odin to get his horse, Slepnir, right? Odin doesn't have to get pregnant by a horse, right? Loki does it for him, and then Odin gets to have the horse, right? That's the idea of where do all these uh, yeah. things line up. But but as you say, it really seems like it's not consensual. You know, one way you could say that is there's a lot of things in life and in your fate that are not consensual, right? You did not sign up for this. The, the way your fate happens to you, you didn't have a say in that, right? And yet, do you need to submit to your fate, for something better to happen. Because if you don't submit to it, you just get crushed by it or nothing creative ever happens. So yeah. that um, Loki certainly had to submit. <laughs> I'm going to put it that way. Willingly well, yeah. or unwillingly is a fair point. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like, I mean, he, like knowing Loki, he probably had the ability to not be a horse anymore when Spotify was drawn away. So like, you could ask yourself, like, why did Loki not do that? Yeah. But you could also just say like, well, he did like all this started because the gods were threatening him in the first place. Yeah. And then I think what you're saying is like, well, if, if Loki, like there's a chance Loki, if he is an agent of fate, like knew all this was going to happen anyway. And so yeah. like he's well, the one that like caused this, this bet that he should not have made to happen. Yeah. And it's the part I don't want like, you know, to get to the point where this is like victim blaming for like what happened to him, obviously. Well, but and, like, and it's the idea, right? Trying not to take it too literally, but to try to find what is the wisdom in there, right? That, that, it, that it is, 
it, it doesn't feel good. It feels very icky, right? Sean reads it and he's like, this sounds not, this doesn't sound okay, right? But then if we take Loki as an agent of fate, right? And that metaphor, it, mostly I go there because it's a very um, common idea in Stoicism, I'm trying to think how they say it, is to, to, to will that fate happens as it does, right? To bring yourself in accordance with fate is one way to say to submit to your fate, right? And that's, um, yeah, and you don't have a say unless you submit to it or fate will do what it's going to do anyways and leave you behind or crush you, right? So that the idea of what is the wisdom in there, sometimes you have to submit to a higher power, right? That's that's an idea in AA and all kinds of other religion things, right? So it's included in a very, very, you know, <laughs> interesting and creative way in this story. Yeah. But I like this story. I mean, it makes the point. It makes you pay attention and to be like, wait, what happened there? Loki's pregnant by a horse. And it's like, yep. Makes you think. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and like, again, like this, like, I don't want to like, I don't want to like, um, I don't want to minimize like the effect, like something like that may have on somebody. But like, yeah. I remember when you came out with that episode, you did a, um, an episode like called on fate and that may be what yeah. you were just talking about, but you did mention like, don't like hope that things happen the way you want, hope yeah. that things happen the way they're supposed to. And I remember like, that yeah. was probably like 13 months ago now when you came out with that episode. And yeah. I remember that time I was going through tough times at work and I was like, shit, that David's right. Like yeah. I was, I like, I shouldn't be worried about this like damn meeting or this yeah. like difficult, um, you know, coworker that I, I'm dealing with. Yeah. And so like, I thought I was like, that's great. Like I just drop myself in the river of fate and like, it's going to take me where it wants. But yeah. like, I guess you can make, like, if you look at a story like this, it does make you think about it because you're like, okay, well, some people's so-called fates, it's pretty shitty. And there's like really nothing to yeah. be happy about that. Yeah, like, no, happy about that fate. And it really is. Yeah. It's, it's not to minimize any of it, right. It, it, of the, how awful yeah. fate can be. Right. But it's, the, it really is the stoic philosophical perspective is they call it soft determinism that it's it is both predetermined and there is some room for free will right so when you have those choices that you actually do have a say you actually do have a choice make sure you use it right but most of the time you don't i think that to me that sounds like life right so yeah, yeah true anyway we can we can go ahead and move yes. on um cool so let's see the next one um is kind of like a two-parter in fact we did split up these episodes when we, when we focus on each one. Um, so Loki and the apples of a dune and Loki's balls. Um, so Loki, this story starts with Loki traveling with Odin and Honor. They catch food, they catch like a meal on a hunt and they try to cook it at their campfire. However, they are not able to do so. They find out that the reason why their food is not cooking is because the giant Thiazi who is disguised as an eagle um, through magic or through treachery prevented their meat from being cooked. He agreed to let them cook the food if they gave him some. So they let him have, have some food. Turns out he ate too much. Um, I think a majority of it actually. So Loki hits him with a stick, which sticks to his body. Thiazi then flies away again as an eagle, taking Loki with him. So Loki asks to be let down and agrees, and Thiazi agrees with the stipulation that he would lure, as in Loki would lure Idun out of Asgard, so Thiazi could take her magic apples, the magic apples which prevent the gods from aging. So this happens. Um, Idun is taken captive and her apples are gone, so the gods start aging and they knew it was Loki. 
once again, they threaten him with death and or torture if he did not fix the problem. So Loki was eventually able to rescue Edun um, and the Apples. And then when they were on their way back to Asgard, Thiazi chased him, um, as, I believe as an eagle, he ends up like crashing into Asgard and the Aesir kill him. So that's the first, that's like the first part. Loki started the problem, even though he was begging for his life from uh, Thiazi, this giant. As a result of him acquiescing to what the giant wanted, he gets threatened by the Aesir. He then fixes the problem and the gods benefit because a powerful Jotun was killed, which helps them out. So once again, Loki gets threatened, the Aesir benefit. So the story continues. Skadi, who is the daughter of Thiazi, enters Asgard in the hopes of getting revenge for her father's death against the Aesir. The gods, in their display of understanding, uncharacteristic understanding maybe, but you like I don't know why the gods would want to help her out, but maybe she was a guest at this point, so they were honor-bound to understand where she was coming from. The gods agree to make amends by letting her marry one of the Aesir and making her laugh. The, I don't know if you remember the story where Skadi was trying to marry Boulder, but the stipulation for her choosing a yep. uh, bride or excuse me, a groom from the Aesir was that she had to choose them by the look of their feet alone. And I she that chose was the most... that, was, that was Loki's stipulation, right? Yeah. I don't know. Was it? Maybe. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that would be fun. That would be very fitting for him if it was, but she chose the man with the most beautiful feet. She figured it was Boulder um, and it ended up being Yord, um, Frey and Freyr's father. Um, but the other thing was that they were going to make her laugh. So Loki was the one that did successfully make her laugh by tying a rope to a goat. I think it was like the beard of a goat or something. And the other end of the rope to his testicles. Yeah. Um, and the goat like jumped away and Loki got his balls nearly ripped off and Skadi laughed. Um, and, and I always so think it's possible that he made the goat jump because he knew that's what would make her laugh. I think if I can remember it properly, but I, yeah. yeah. Loki is such a romantic if he's, if he thought Skadi was into that sort of thing, but yeah. So in that case, Loki was the cause of the whole situation. Yes. um, As I mentioned previously, and he paid for it, not only um, by getting like he got threatened, but in this case, he pays for it also while getting his genitals severely hurt. Injured. Um, So yeah, another story where Loki had to fix the problem. Yes. And that, it's the same story archetypally. Sean, I'm curious a little bit as you look at what, you know, my, you know, Sean does what David does, right? <laughs> What's your first take on what this one means? There's, there's a few little, you know, things that are unique to it compared to the previous ones, but it's almost the same story. Where, where do you, how do you see that meaning, that deep meaning in this, uh, the apples and Loki's balls? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I guess uh, in this story, and maybe this is not where you're going with it. In this story, I guess either going to Locusena, which we're going to be discussing next week, Loki acknowledged Edun's beauty. And yeah. when he rescued her and he brought her back to Asgard, we know that they spent time to time with each other. I'm not sure if, like, I, I'm not insinuating that anything happened between them, but maybe Loki found, like, like maybe Loki realized another side of him. And maybe this is like where the lover comes in. Where yeah. he's like, wait, I can be a knight in shining armor, even though I was the one that got her kidnapped in the first place. But she doesn't need to know that. Yeah. And then later, um, 
like Loki went out of his way to make Skadi laugh. And maybe there was like some guilt there, even though Thiazi was the one who was really what started all of this. Right. right. Um, so in looking at Edun and Skadi, maybe like Loki had, um, maybe there was like something there that like awoke in him just as like somebody that may be caring for yeah. other individuals. And like, we, we see this like later, like with his children, um, yeah. which we're going to be discussing in part two. I'm not sure if that's where you were going with this, but. Oh, it's, it's a bit raised right? very much that part that Loki connects you to the feminine, right? Whether it's a Dune, whether it's a uh, Scott Skadi, or I think it is Scott or Scott the, the something like that. But um, <laughs> that she, that Loki's not the lover, right? He's not the one you're saying, oh, but maybe he is. There, there's this one story where maybe he actually does try to seduce her himself. Right. But he's certainly the one that kind of helps the lover get connected to the feminine. Right. And that's where there's a different character, uh, Skirnir in the one actually about Frey, right. Yeah. He's a very shadowy trickster type figure. Right. But normally it's Loki doing this. Um, so I'll go through the, the summary of the story and show you how I really see the archetypal things. Right. The interesting thing is you mentioned, right? Thiazi eats too much. Who does that remind you of? Thor, right? But that Thiazi is yeah. not one of the gods. He's of the giants. So is he kind of a shadow warrior, right? Some of this Thor stuff. Is he also a shadow lover? The same way that Frey and that main story we have about Frey is very much, he is not an upstanding, you know, knight who goes and courts a lady. He is sneaky and he is deceptive and he's, you know, he's not a very kind person, right? And that that's what Thiazi is. He's, he's the man who tries to capture the woman rather than actually love her, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that, and then it comes back to that same idea, right? We're giving away a dune. What's funny is I actually, the way I read Norse mythology when I was a kid, I thought I remembered a dune with the golden apples being Thor's wife. But the idea that this is practically Sif, whether or not it's actually Sif, um, you know, that, that a dune is the feminine and she has her feminine power, which keeps all the gods youthful right? Her youthful long hair, right? But rather, no, the, the golden apples. And Loki gives it away. And it's the idea, no, you don't give away the inner feminine. You don't give away the goddess, but you need to do something to connect the, you know, the masculine with the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. So that, let me see, I'm trying to follow the story now, so that when Loki kind of, you know, sets up the thing, it's like, no, Loki, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And now he has to solve the problem he created, right? And he gets the Ozzy killed, right? And that's, so kind of a good thing, right? It, it also reminded yeah. me of that part, like that Thor, Thor is rigid. Thor and his hammer, he, every thing is a nail, right? When you're a hammer, everything's a nail, but that, and that structure, right? But that Loki is chaotic. Loki is whatever is needed for the situation. Do you need to lie? Do you need to turn into an eagle? Do you need to turn into a woman? Whatever, right? And that's, and he solves problems a different way <laughs> because yeah. of that, right? But he still, he gets them all solved. Um, so he gets, he rescues a dune. Right. Um, in, the, in the way that Loki knows how. But then we have a problem because we've upset Skadi, a different goddess. Right. And this mm -hmm. is that idea that you can't give away the inner feminine. Yet you need to connect to it. And that Loki is almost sacrificing his balls, but he doesn't quite. Right. That and he does it to please the goddess. Right. I mean, that's really you can't read it any other way. Right. Yeah, that, exactly. And, and it goes back to the idea of the phallus sacrifice. We don't actually sacrifice the phallus. Yet you're willing to. It's another submission by Loki, right? He sac he he submits and almost sacrifices his manhood. In, in the other story, he gets a powerful stallion because he was willing to sacrifice, right? In this one, what does he actually get here? He just makes the goddess laugh. 
but in any case, he connects. Out his laugh and the gods yeah. don't kill him. Yeah, he connect, he connects with Skadfi, and then she's married to a god, right? And now she is joined. She's made Asgard greater rather than less than. Um, yeah, you and know, you so have it, to like wonder when, like Loki may have like known that he was he was like under fire from the Aesir. Like all this yeah. stuff happens, they keep threatening him, and he fixes the problem, but like similar to like how he went into or he was chased by Svadalfari, like here he might just be like, well, I need to do this. I need to be in the God's good favor. Yeah. Um, and so like, I do think maybe like that plays a part into like what he becomes. Yeah. Um, but like, I am wondering like if like he is starting to like, like, I and mean, this is like a very, this is very much a stretch on my part, but like, I wonder if like these stories are looked at as like being back to back. Maybe he, is at first a playful prankster, but yeah. realizes that there are consequences to his actions. So maybe he needs to earn favor with the Aesir. So he tries to do that, but it doesn't work. And yeah. then as we see in part two, like with what happens to his kids, like that's where he just is like, Oh, fuck them all. Like, yep. So, and I, I really like what you said there. Cause it's, it emphasizes that part that Loki doesn't do it the right way. He, he does get the job done in the end. That's, this is the trickster versus the magician, right? We're, we're like Thor is a warrior. Odin is a king, although Odin's a pretty shadow king as well, that Loki is not the magician archetype. He is the trickster and he doesn't go about it the right way. Right. And that the, the part that is this kind of Loki maturing, he's kind of maturing. He's really doing a hero's journey here, right? Where he, because one of the other things about the, the, the positive forms of the archetypes, the king and the warrior is about knowing how to sacrifice that's actually the real thing of the king. It's not about everybody bring me all your gold and bring me your money and look how great I am. The king sacrifices a lot. The king gives up himself for the country, for the, the kingdom. And that's another idea that we're very uncomfortable with in our modern society, right? We're really uncomfortable with submitting to a higher power. We're very uncomfortable with sacrificing. But do you know how to sacrifice, right? And what does Loki have to sacrifice? He almost, you know, he risks, he's willing to uh, offer up the goddess He's willing to offer up his own life. He's willing to offer up his balls, right? He has to be willing to sacrifice all these things, right? Potentially sacrifice them. And then he also finds a way where he doesn't have to actually lose all of them. But yeah, be willing to sacrifice right? is the idea. So Loki does that. He gets through it all successfully. He's now connected the um, the masculine and the feminine, right? Uh, Skadfi, the feminine warrior with Njord, who's some kind of a... Maybe he's a lover. He's Frey's uh, dad. He's a he's a water god, right? So maybe he's the lover too. He yeah, got pretty feet. Might be the lover. Uh, <laughs> and Loki accomplished it, right? But then, but but not in the right way. And that's the idea. That's why he's the shadow trickster, not the true magician. He, maybe there's a better way to do it. But most people, you know, have a hard time figuring that out, right? The the nurse sure. are probably trying to figure that out as well. The idea, maybe the the sadier magic, the, the women who do sadier magic, and very few men who do, they might know how you do how you be a proper magician. The guys writing these stories are just trying to they're uh, grasping in the shadows for answers. So that's my real thorough take on the the you know, archetypal analysis of that that myth. We I probably didn't say that much the first time we went through it. I've had some new insights and in reading since then. Any thoughts nice. you have, Sean, on my? theme I find you got to sacrifice for in life. Yeah. I don't know, actually. Um, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's hard to say. Like, I, I guess in this yeah. case, it's like to what ends for him. Um, yeah. 
Right. And it's like, how I do much, think how much are you going to have to sacrifice for things to finally go well? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so like, I, don't, I do think it like, if you want to look at that as a sacrifice, I do think it is because he is trying to earn favor with the gods. Yeah. Like there is like some aspect of him that wants to fit in, even though there's like another side of him that might be, yeah. um, already more sinister and like that side may be brewing. Um, I know that's not yeah. like relevant, like necessarily to what you were saying, but that's, th those are like my thoughts with like this ending, I'm, I guess. I'm just curious if you have any takes either like yourself or if you've, you know, as you think of other people in your life, maybe, or something like that, that people are very uncomfortable with the idea of sacrifice, right? That like you, what is modern American culture about, right? What can I gain? What can I get out of this? Sacrificing not... your time to yeah. <laughs> like hopefully live in a bigger house when you're 80, right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's right. Kind of saying like, is that enough? for life to go well are you gonna have to sacrifice a lot more right um i don't think anybody is comfortable with that idea the the thing that's really helped me to make sense of it would, is i can't remember which book i got it from where this idea came about it might have been a guggen buell craig again another swiss analyst um the idea of a meaningful sacrifice versus a meaningless sacrifice right it's to validate everybody out there being like david you're telling me i want to have to sacrifice the three most valuable things in life to somehow try to and then hope maybe things will go well right but that a meaningless sacrifice is awful, right? You sacrifice a thing and for no good reason, right? You wasted all your time for nothing. That feels awful. But a meaningful sacrifice, is that the most important thing? Uh -oh. Yeah, I'll just leave it there. I'm going deep today, Sean. I didn't know I was going there, but here we go. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, there's something to be said, like, if you're doing, if you're sacrificing something for the right reason and, yeah. like, there's something noble of that because there's, it's like a selfless act, in yeah. this case with Loki, I don't think it was selfless, um, but like maybe yeah. he just thought it'd be, maybe he himself thought it'd be funny just to like cause chaos. Yeah. Like what if his, what if he was irreparably damaged, I should say, yeah. like. That, that I idea that, that Loki he almost, like, yeah, yeah, he almost gets it, right? And the idea that with a lot of the Norse stories, it is the shadow arc version of the archetype, right? That they're, they're almost getting it right, but they're missing something. Um, I don't know what Loki's missing here exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, real it's quick, said like, it's a uh, noble thing to do, right? That it makes it makes you a king. It makes you the king archetype if you sacrifice well. I think it fits in the language, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and we saw that with Odin. Like, Odin sacrificed his eye for like yeah. this, like knowledge to help him grow. Which I don't know. That was that, that was, was a real that sacrifice, right? All the Loki's are kind of half-ass sacrifices, right? So that's a real sacrifice. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> makes Odin the king, maybe. Yeah. The the other one. There we go. Here's my fun fun thing. I need to make sure I don't miss. Um, and it's not just because I like to be funny. It's not just because I like to be crude, right? The, the shadow of the warrior is the sadist or the masochist. If you're not a good warrior, if not, you're not doing warrior things for the right reasons, you're harming people needlessly, right? You're the sadist. You're enjoying inflicting pain on people. Or the shadow of the warrior is the masochist. He turns his aggression towards himself and hurts himself, right? And and here is Loki being a sadomasochist with tying his balls to a goat and telling the goat to jump, right? The, yeah. That part, you know, and it's it, it really, I mean it not to be funny, right? That idea that there's something about the sadomasochism and it's not quite doing the warrior thing in the proper way. But the idea is maybe can you learn how to be the proper warrior through some of that? Does the trickster pull you into some of this sadomasochism? And you're supposed to find meaning there that, that the trickster drags you down into the shadows, right? Um, it goes to not yeah, judge any of it or say it's bad, right? It is a, is it a path towards something? It's, it's certainly 
archetypal. You can see it here showing up. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, John, we got one more. One yeah, more thing well, it's this. really quick. It's not really a story, um, but I know yeah. we've um, this like kind of ties into what I mentioned earlier, where like maybe a part of Loki yeah. does want to do good. I guess yeah. like uh, maybe like maybe there is like one side of him that is this agent of fate or chaos. Um, or just like this, like that, I guess this like psychopath that like wants to like see, or I guess in this case it would be a sociopath. I don't know, but like he'll like this crazy person that like wants to yeah. watch the world burn. But like, I do think there's part of him that wants to, um, you know, have some camaraderie or like be a part, yeah. like, like, I guess conform with like the ACR way. Um, so I just wanted to like shout out that he does maybe not shout out, but like he does, yeah. um, go on adventures with some of the characters. Like I mentioned earlier, Od Odin and Honor, there's actually a story that we're going to be discussing in a couple weeks, kind of as like a prequel to our yeah. Volsung saga, where Loki is with Od Odin and Honor. He travels with Thor, as we saw in um, Skrymir and uh, Utgarda Loki. And um, I believe in one of the fishing stories, he's with them as well. So like, yeah. there's like one part of him where he does just like kind of want to fit in. So I don't know yeah. if that like ties into like these stories and like what we're going to be discussing next week, but I just wanted to throw that in there. No, there's a couple of real good things there. And he goes, I, I don't know if I would have put it in the, uh, the outlines, but I always really enjoy where you, the things you remember to include in the outlines that, that I would forget to, because it just fits, it wraps this all up perfectly. Um, something you said there about Loki being kind of a psycho and the, and, and the sadist, right. Is that we'll come to this more next week, but when that Loki's looking for love, he's looking for connection to a tribe. And then when he doesn't get it, he becomes the sadist. It's the idea that that's very much a shadow figure kind of, you can't handle the rejection. Now you want to hurt people, right? That's the king doesn't do that. The good warrior doesn't do that, but maybe it goes there mm -hmm. sometimes. And then also that part, you want to have Loki with you on your journeys, right? If you're too rigid and you're trying to learn how to deal with fate, it will crush you. You will fragment. It'll break you up. You, you don't want to be Loki, but you want to have Loki with you. And that, that's the part where he's really the magician because he's the, the sage advisor. You know, he's Merlin. He's, uh, I'm trying to think some from uh, Gandalf, right? He's, <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> Loki as Gandalf, right? That you'd like to have a good wizard, a good magician, not. Uh, dude, Loki. I've been having so much fun with ChatGPT. Like I'm, I could like put a story in there with Loki and Gandalf and it's going to be really good. Rewrite Lord of the Rings as if Gandalf was Loki. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to read that one. <laughs> Well, no, it's, oh my God, I'm such a fucking loser, man. Like I, um, in one of the stories I was like, can you create a conversation with, uh, Odin, the Norse God, where he has a conversation with Vivek, a God, one of the gods from the Elder Scrolls universe. Yeah. And they actually have this conversation and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm, I, I don't know. You got, you got to remind me to rewrite, is, you know, you got to remind me to rewrite Lord of the Rings with Loki in there. I really want to hear that yeah. story. I will say that uh chat GBT is often like way wrong, like about things. Like I, um, like I went in there actually in preparation for this week. I was like, can you give me all the sort of stories where uh Loki um, was involved in the Norse myth? And I'm pretty sure like it made two of the stories up. Um, and it's like, there was like <laughs> the, one the story that GBT may be the trickster. There's a real chance there that we've created an AI that is actually a, a old Norse God that plays tricks on you. Yeah, I would not ask for, ask it for factual evidence, but I like I don't know, it's it's got like a lot of really cool stuff. But anyway, no, I really like that side tangent. But let me see if I can remember where I was. Um, mostly just Loki being the advisor, right? That idea that yeah, you'd rather have a good magician, but you'll take what you can get. Better to bring Loki than not bring Loki. Is how most of those stories go, right? And that yeah, because 
there's something useful he's providing there. There's something good he's providing, right? So when, when next week we get to a lot of the, uh, the very dark side of Loki, right? The real dark part of the shadow. They do though, but you do need to get in touch with your shadow, right? That there's, there's nothing wrong with the trickster. You're trying to get to be a mature magician eventually, but maybe you start out getting in touch with your trickster side. So yeah, it's another thing from one of my favorite quotes from uh, Robert Moore is actually, I am working on his uh, lecture series on the, uh, the magician right now, because I finished the one on the lover. One of his quotes is that if you get in touch with your lover archetype, the lover archetype says to get in a little bit of trouble, right? If you're, too straight laced, you're too rigid. You just go to work every day. You got no room for love in your life. You got to go get in a little bit of trouble and you go somewhere weird and then you meet a nice lady, right? That's getting a little bit of trouble. But then if all you do is that, you're just this kind of, you're, you're frayer. You're the sad, pathetic poet who's sitting on a couch and just woe is me. And you never get anything done and nobody respects you, right? You're not a king. You're not a warrior. You're just the lover. But can you, not be so judgmental towards that lover guy as I just was there and yeah. see some value in him too and bring them all together. Sit all these guys at the table, go on a little adventure party, right? That's, um, yeah, they don't bother even bringing Freyr. They're like, Freyr, <laughs> let's just take your sword. You're useless. Right. But, um, yeah, there you go. What's the lover without his sword? Right. So. Sure. All right, Sean, should I, yeah, let me see how I wrap this up. It's ideas I've been referring to all throughout, but I'm going to try to make a coherent thought. Did you have anything Sounds else though, before I go on? Go That's off. all I had, yeah. Okay. What is, and this is just kind of interesting synchronicities, right? That I was actually just, I was just reading about magicians and white magic and black magic this morning. And uh, there was something else when you were telling me this earlier, I noticed a, oh, that I was just, yeah, thinking about that Slepnir article. I mean, I kind of knew we were going to talk about it, but it, um, popped up in my mind again, but then I just wrote an article on what is love. It was actually a poem I wrote a while back because I'm making fun of poets. I'm a poet now, apparently, but that, <laughs> that, uh, I write some poetry sometimes, sometimes not meaning to, I'm just writing things in my journal, but that Speaking I, of I wrote quick, it, not, to, not to interrupt. Well, sorry, <laughs> I did interrupt you, but I also like just played around with, when I was playing around with chat GPT, I was like, can you write a sequel to Volaspa? And it like just wrote something. I didn't save it to anything, but I thought it was cool. Yes, Daddy. What what value do us humans have left now that there's Chat GPT? We do write better poetry, um, arguably. Although if you ask the if you ask the AI to rate our poetry, they'll probably like theirs better. That's yeah. Chat GPT is the trickster. I'm pretty sure. Because so I got this article on what is love, and really that idea of how do you, with a rigid masculine mindset, try to define what love is when it's such a fluid art, somewhat chaotic. Maybe you know this is a thing you can express in poetry and art, but how do you? explain it like a philosopher and as well, I try my best. Right. So I'm not just, not just promoting my article. It's that idea that there's something where the trickster is relevant. How do I want to say it? Maybe I'll just say it. If it doesn't make any sense, you should go read my article, which still probably doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but that it's almost like, is love a good idea? Right. A lot of times it's a real bad idea. <laughs> it gives you, it gives you yeah. a lot of bad ideas, especially to the Stoics. This, this is one of the things I mentioned in my article, like, in Stoicism, it really much values this, you know, love for humanity, right? That you, you care about the community and the cosmos and you, um, so some of the philosophers really didn't care much for having a family. They're like, I'm too busy lecturing and teaching. I don't got time for a family, but some of them were like, no, really a lot of your purpose in life is to build the community. And part of that is starting a family, especially back then where there weren't enough people. Now we got too many people, uh, side tangent, um, that the Stoics have a real question about love 
And that's where I, I really emphasize there's maybe it's useful to have many different words for love. Are we talking about erotic and passionate love? Are we talking about just love for your, your country, love for God, love for different things, right? But um, that if you're really talking about romantic kind of love, you are not talking about logic and sense, right? You've, it broke down some of that structure, right? But then is that needed? Sometimes that almost, the idea of Loki being like Cupid kind of, right? And he's matching mm-hmm. people up. He's setting people up. He's connecting the goddess with, uh, he's like, look, you're trying to sell the goddess to the uh, giants. And it's like, hey, this is just what I do. I connect gods and goddesses and goddesses and giants. And none of it makes any sense. It's very chaotic, right? But is that Loki? And is that love, right? Is, is Loki really a god of, uh, if not the lover archetype, at least this uh, chaotic, passionate love and Loki is the fire god. So very much I'm making arguments for Loki being a god of love of some in some manner. Um, yeah. Sean, any thoughts there? Loki being the, the trickster and the uh, matchmaker and the love connector. Any thoughts you have there? <laughs> um, not really. I guess you could make the case with like a skatey and uh, yeah. yeah, you made the case with uh, skatey and um, Njord. And I don't know, like I like I think if you like look at his like infatu- like potential infatuation with Edun and like he played a yeah. prank on Sif, but then again, I know that's not directly related to him uh, setting people up. But no, but you actually you reminded me of the thing. I was trying to decide whether I go here and how. <laughs> how much do I confront people with their shadow? Um, that's not. I don't know if that's what you signed up for when you started listening to the podcast. <laughs> you probably did if you've listened to us at all. <laughs> but you probably agreed to this that um that the idea of projection. So projection in psychoanalysis is, shows up all different kinds of ways. It's one, it's when Sean is doing something that really irritates me. And why does it irritate me so much? Because Sean gets to do the thing I don't get to do or because, um, and, I, and I resent him for the fact he gets away with things that I don't get away with, right? So that Sean gets to, um, what do you get away with, Sean? <laughs> Wait, what do I get away with? Yeah. What does Sean get to do that I don't get to do? I don't know. Go to go to Germany, right? Yeah. Why am I so resentful that Sean gets to go to Europe, right? It's because I don't get to. There's nothing wrong with Sean going to Europe, right? It's, David, what's wrong with that part of yourself that you never give yourself time to go to Europe, right? That's, it's, it's a me problem, but I'm putting it on you. I'm projecting it, right? So that's, that's like very much a negative projection. Um, so stop projecting yourself stuff on people and deal with yourself and figure out do you really need to go to Europe? And why are you so sad you don't get to go to Europe? And I'm just pretending right now, I think. <laughs> Making Sean uncomfortable over there. The other type of projection, though, is positive projections, right? It's that Sean is so muscular. Sean works out all the time. And, and that's not true. I, I do work out all the time, but I'm somehow not muscular. But thank you, David. Yeah. And, and that's not the best example, but it's the idea that because I don't want to see it in myself. It's like, David, you could start working out a little more. And it's like, no, no, no. Sean is such an amazing, he's, he's a natural. He's got some kind of great genes for it. Right. And I can't possibly do that. I refuse to see the greatness in me. I projected all my greatness onto how great Sean is. Right. That's not helpful either. Although it feels nice to Sean. It feels better than me getting resentful at him going to Europe. Right. But the idea is rather it's, it's own all your own bullshit. Really. That's what, that's the opposite of projection. Right. And then we move this to men and women, right? This idea of women being the repressed, the, fe- the feminine being the repressed part of the man. And, you know, that when you say that the f- feminine is chaos, the idea is it's, that's not supposed to sound so awful. It's supposed to be like, no, but that's just all the, you know, your backyard and all the earth and the ground. And it's a bit chaotic before you've planted any plants, right? Before they sprouted the, the universe, when everything floated around before it, and those were all the parts and the material needed to form the planets and the sun, things like that, right? That's, mm-hmm. 
it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, right? It's, it is our shadow and our rejecting of the feminine that says, yeah, chaos, that's bad. We don't like that, right? It's <laughs> deal with your own chaos. You got a lot of chaos inside of you too. It's just part of your inner feminine, right? That, um, but another part of with projecting with the feminine, with romance. So now here's the ugly thing nobody wants to hear. But everyone knows there's a difference between you meet a woman, you fall in love with her, and then a year or two later, it doesn't feel the same. And you're like, what happened? Where did the magic go? Why is she not the woman that I met, that I married, right? And she's doing it to you too, right? Why is he not the man yeah, that exactly. I, I met when everything was so wonderful and I was in love with him, right? The idea of like, you know, Americans love love. They love in love, right? Uh, maybe other cultures too, but Americans are all about it, right? But that idea is that a thing that you're chasing after, this this magical thing at the beginning that wasn't real. And then you got to build something that is real and that is lasting. And that's a long-term relationship or marriage. That's especially the perspective of Robert Johnson, the analyst, is that this magic stuff that that's unhelpful projection. You took all the beautiful parts of yourself and you saw it in this wonderful lady you met. And that's not really who she is. You're not seeing both sides of her. You're just seeing all the wonderful things because you refuse to see them in yourself. And that's what yeah. you're so in love with, actually, the part of yourself that you've rejected. And you got to take that projection down a notch to find the real her and actually make something that works. Um, that's one perspective. You know, many people would agree with that or psychologists or analysts would. The other thing, though, that's nice about Robert Moore is that he says, like, Robert Johnson's boring. <laughs> Robert Moore says, now nah, you still play with that lover a little bit. You get yourself in a little bit of trouble. You do not, not so much trouble that you're getting divorced, right? but just enough trouble that then your wife is like, Ooh, he's kind of a bad boy. He, he brought, you know, he, he set he set up a date that's a little wild and chaotic and you know, the, the trickster inspired you to do something romantic finally. So you bring a little bit of that fire back with Loki, right? So your marriage doesn't get too stale and boring, right? What are your thoughts on that, Sean? So I give you a couple ways to see things. We should probably cut this out, but to be honest, I'm not uh, sure where you're going with this. I'm going all over the place, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> So it's basically, what, what am I doing? I, I am saying why romantic love is a problem and also why the trickster is needed if you want to keep romantic love going on. I guess to spice things up, right? Yeah. Because if yeah. you don't, it's fine. It's maybe good. It's maybe good enough. Right? That is the question. Well, maybe that's enough. Into like that. Like, maybe, yeah. like, hopefully this is not too topical for me, but like, you don't want to get into that routine. You want to keep things different yeah. or spontaneous. Yeah. And sometimes that means the, the, like, oh, yeah. going to that, that, yeah, yeah. I'm probably making a lot of people uncomfortable right now as I say those things. Right. So that's, that's that part is I had that question of like, is that too much for this podcast or is that appropriate? Right. It's certainly, I think the minimum to take though is you got to spice things up sometimes. And, and that requires actually maybe getting in touch with your own feminine chaos and, and the trickster, right? And we'll cutting off shadow. somebody's hair to flirt with them or? What's that? And cutting off somebody's hair, like maybe to flirt with them if Loki was flirting with Seth, but. <laughs> that, that is the part of don't go too far, right? But yeah, no, can I think of a practical example of what I mean by any of this, right? I don't know. You're calling out of work next week, right? You're not going to work next week. You and your late lady going somewhere unexpected. We're going to, we paid too much and we booked a trip to Italy, right? <laughs> That's a bad idea. Yep. Isn't that quite romantic? And, and can you afford to do that? Or is that a dumb idea? I don't know. That's the lover archetype though, right? It says that's a good idea. So yeah, um, you wouldn't do it without the trickster. 
I think that's my point. I probably went on a tangent that was um, too much truth or too much um, shadow or something, but we'll at least keep this part in the end, maybe, right? Something about that the trickster will get you to call out of work next week and book a flight to Italy and spend too much. It's a bad idea, yet isn't it quite romantic? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like that movie. How do you think that one, Sean? Did I I save it at the end? (laughs) Yes, sure, why not? It's a, it's kind of like that movie, A Yes Man, where like, you really want to do it. Like, if you want to do something, just do it. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you can be like, well, I got to be financially yeah. responsible, so I'm not going to do it. Um, right. I'm saved up for a couple of years and then I can do That's it. It's too rigid, right? That's too much of that structure and rigid. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a balance to everything. And it's like, I, yeah. I think what you're trying to get at, and I'm hoping I'm, I'm correct here. Like, sometimes you do need to embrace, you, you need to embrace order. Like, you can't live successfully in this world without like some order. Um, especially like when you have to work like 40 hours a week to make a living and you need to make money to have that living. Um, but like sometimes you do need to like shake things up and just do something completely different. And yeah, like say I'm taking off work next week, you know? Yeah. That you really need both. You're really not living life. And that, and the question of what does love actually mean? Right. And you're maybe not, certainly not in touch with love unless you got a little bit of both. I think that's, something I can, I can stand with. I like that idea. I can stand by. Well, it's, it's kind of, it, this kind of is topical for me. Cause I, like, I, first of all, I told you that we're like booking our trip to um, this yeah. fall, which is going to happen. But I also was looking up random uh, flights to um, like how I was looking like how long and how much it would take for a round yeah. trip ticket to Svalbard, um, yeah. which is like the world's northernmost everything like in this like yeah. town, like called long year I think it's, it's pronounced. And I was like, oh, it's $1,400. It would take me 25 hours to get there and uh, 30 hours to get back. If yeah. I go there for three days, like, do yeah. I want to do that? And like, that's just like kind of, it's kind of funny you mentioned that. Like maybe. Yeah. That's, that's Sean, that right there. That is your, uh, I don't analyze you too much on the show. Yeah. I don't analyze Wait, you but, too much on the show, but that is your lover archetype, right? It has this dream. It has this fantasy. And it's like, what if? But the part that you're in charge and you're like, no, we can't just do whatever the lover archetype says, right? But the trickster would say, oop, I clicked the purchase button. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you, if you are not in charge of your trickster, he just paid to put a bunch of money on your credit card. <laughs> Go call them up and try to get that canceled. Right? Yeah. Exactly. That's why, that's so, why airlines give uh, give everybody like 24 hours to like cancel because yeah. they know everybody has their low key. I guess. Handle the trickster, right? I mean, that, why do, why do they have to plan that in? Cause the trickster is all over doing things and up to things. Um, but so however in, inappropriate you think maybe I got Sean, at least I didn't get into things about, um, a doomla, the cow and the feminine and ice cream and, uh, uh, eating too much ice cream. We'll leave that that for, uh, we'll leave that for chat GPT as well. Um, (laughs) but anyway, uh, yeah, so I thought this was, I thought this was good. Uh, we can, uh, stop it here, but like next week I, we are going to get, um, a little bit deeper into Loki, um, specifically like how he may turn into this more sinister being because of like what happens to his, uh, kids and with his experiences like trying to please the Aesir and uh, you know oh, yeah. we'll see what happens with him we we discussed it very recently obviously but I think it's going to be uh, good to kind of like wrap up in like one episode so I think it'll let me uh, dive in as, I've, as I dived into a little bit of the shadow of love here we're going to get into just the real shadow of the shadow and uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll see I'm predicting what uh, one of my tangents will make sense but the one of there's some shadow that you want to get in touch with. There's some parts of the shadow you don't want to get in touch with. I think we're going to come across that line next week. I'll try to keep it you know, PG-13. Awesome. No, we never keep it PG-13. 
We have an explicit rating for a reason. Yeah. Yes, definitely. All right, John. I've enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed. I'll send. I'll send you my little article that's on the uh, the lever. I want to see if it makes any sense. No one, no one ever tells me if my writing makes sense. I like to hope it does. Yeah, for sure. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll definitely take a I take a look at it. And uh, thank you, David, and thank you everybody for listening. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to Between Two Ravens. If you've been enjoying our show, please write a five-star review on iTunes to help spread our podcast to a wider audience. See the show notes below for links to follow us on social media. Our podcast is part of the Walled Garden Podcast Network. The Walled Garden Philosophical Society is committed to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever it might be found. Visit thewalledgarden.com to learn more.